you guys could open your Bibles to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. I know the hair is not great, but today was a hot day. It was a hot day indeed. I don't want to preach with my hat on. I feel like it's disrespectful. To the presence of God. I was preaching. I mean, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's people that preach with the hat on, but I'm not comfortable with doing it. I'd rather preach with crazy hair. Crazy hair day, right? That reminds me. Some of you guys, I hope. Well, all you guys seem like you guys got your hair cut. All the boys, the girls get a haircut every like once or twice a year, maybe, perhaps. But anyway, let us pray. Let us get into the Word. There's no slides today. That's why you guys got to bring your Bibles so that you guys may be ready to receive the word, amen? So let's pray. Let us, let us pray standing up, and then we'll get into the word standing up so we can have all in one setting, one place. So, Father, I just thank you, God, right now for the worship, Lord. I pray you were glorified in it, Lord, and our, heart, and our worship that's pure, Lord, purified. Let, let it be pleasing to you, Lord. I pray, Holy Spirit, that your presence may be working in our hearts, God, and not just in our hearts, but in our minds as well, God. Let it be planted in good soil, God, that may produce fruit right now. Let your word, as your word goes forward, let it produce, let it produce, God, results in your name, in Jesus' name, Lord. I pray, God, that your presence fills the atmosphere. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, so chapter 8, please remain standing. We're going to read right into the text. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and a village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. While a large crowd was gathering, and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on the rocky grounds, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still, the seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears, let, him, that, let them hear. His disciples asked him with this par- what this parable meant. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God have been given to you. But to others, I speak in a parable so that those seeing, they may not see. Though hearing, they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, pleasures, and do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a good and noble heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. All right, you guys may be seated. You know, this, this, I preached this before to you guys, but I felt the Lord put it in my heart last week as I was telling God, Lord, what, what do you think I should preach on this week? And just the things that we're, it kind of goes with the theme, the topic that we've been going up on a year. We're trying to get established in God. We're trying to move forward, right? But the thing is also this particular text, um, Pastor Orlando, I remember my mom. So my mom, she was crazy, like I already said, she's crazy. 
And the thing is that if we didn't go to Sunday night service, because in my old church and with Pastor Orlando, where I grew up, we had a morning service and an afternoon service. Now, if we didn't go to the afternoon service, then my mom would make us get together at 6 p.m. when the service started and, and, you know, put the CD track and we'll worship. And then, like, she'll, like, teach us something or, like, you know, just preach something or teach something, actually, to us. But um, I remember this is the first sermon I've ever heard recorded. And the only, this is the sermon that stuck with me from my childhood. And I remember one time I, I preached this to my mom. I was, like, around seven, year, eight years old. I was not even into church. I didn't even know what I was doing. I, I think... It was probably God teaching me because he, he made me, he, he, he put in me to retain it. And I remember I preached this word and my mom, like, she's like, she was kind of like, uh, like surprised. She was like, I was like, yeah, mom, you, this is the root. The word is the, the word. It has to land on good soil and all this. And I didn't even know what I was talking about. But God gave me the wisdom to say, it, to preach it. Anyway, so I, I love this parable. I love this parable. And this is already a series of parables that Jesus is talking even before. He's, he's kind of being questioned, he's being challenged by the Pharisees. And remember that Jesus speaks in parables because parables have secrets. Parables have secrets, and not everybody is meant to have the secret. How many of you guys ever told everybody your secrets? Isaac, I went out with so-and-so, but don't tell anybody. Isaac, I did this and that, but don't tell anybody, right? But you wouldn't tell it to everybody, right? So the kingdom of God is it's not that God wants to keep it a secret from everybody. God wants everybody to know his word. That's why the word of God is preached. Are you all with me today? Anyway, the whole point is that the word of God is preached, and there was people that wanted to believe in Jesus as the Messiah. Already some people believed in him as the Messiah. Remember to the Jewish people, the Messiah meant he was the deliverer, the one who was going to deliver them from Roman rule. So when a, a phony or somebody appeared to them that was not the Messiah, they didn't really care about it, and they, they considered him probably a false prophet, and you could actually be stoned for that. But Jesus now is talking about new parables, and he's telling them a quote from Isaiah saying, those seen, they may never see, may hear him, but they will, they will never understand. And what this means, what the key word that Jesus is telling here, here in this parable is the word hear. He who has ears, let him hear. How many guys have ears? How many guys have working ears? Good, so this word's for you. So the thing, <laughs> I love making jokes sometimes. Uh, I'm going to remove that from the, co- from the, from the broadcast. <laughs> uh, I crack myself up sometimes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's like when Pastor Javi sells something serious and people start laughing. He's like, well, this wasn't supposed to be a funny. It was supposed to be serious. I like that about Pastor Javi when he said that. I'm just like, that was funny. It meant to be got off serious, but it was funny. Anyway, let's get back to the word. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, the point is that Jesus is telling an audience, this audience is already like, he, he, he's on a ministry. He's doing ministry. He's traveling from town to town. Um, he's being sponsored by women. He has sponsors. Like, you know, Adidas is a sponsor. Right? How many of you guys see sponsors in athletes' clothes? Like the Lakers, soccer players. And Jesus has the sponsorship of the woman of Galilee. 
And those women that sponsor him are actually people whom he delivered from. It says it right there in the text. He delivered them from demons. He cured them from his infirmities. So he has a kind of a fan club already coming. He's a, he, people already believe in him because he's already having results. See, the thing about, how many of you guys heard that saying, money talks? Because, you know, some people want to argue in this and that, but, you know, it's a worldly saying, yes, but in the same time, the word talks as well. The word talks. It, it speaks for himself. The ministry of Jesus speaks for himself. Because if he wasn't really the Messiah, if he wasn't someone that had a following, I remember I was at Barnes & Noble a couple, like a year or two ago, and there was this other guy, he was like probably this tall, he was Hispanic, I believe, and he was looking through some stuff, but I started talking to him, we got like a little um, conversation, and then this guy, at the end I was just kind of like telling him like, hey man, it's all about love, God's love and all that, I was just telling him that, but I felt like in him, he, he was like kind of more like, he was leaning to more like probably, I don't know, like, I don't know, he felt kind of weirded out from me or anything, but like he, he told me straight out, he's like, how many people follow you? And I was like, and that's when I barely started the ministry. I had like three or four of you guys. And I was like, I oh, only got three or four. But I was like, it's not about that, though, because Jesus had 12 followers. Changed the world with 12 followers. Right? So, it's, and, and many times, actually, Jesus will turn around to people and will say, hey, you want to follow me, you got to deny yourself. He will actually want to cut his followers. I mean, how many of you guys want to cut your followers? If you guys had like probably 10K followers on Instagram, and then all of a sudden you're like, hey, you want to follow me? You got to follow Jesus. And how many people will cut off of yours, right? And so, you know, the thing about Jesus, Jesus wasn't about that. Jesus wasn't about making himself known, in a sense, famous. Okay? His mission was to die for us and resurrect for us and ask the Father for the Holy Spirit. But the point is, is that Jesus is already having a following. He already has women follow him. He's like, he's having Mary. Some people think that Mary was his girlfriend. It's false, by the way. So don't believe that, just FYI, because I know people will probably tell you, Jesus had a girlfriend. They say it's Mary. No, it wasn't. And Jesus was single, Pringle, okay? He wasn't ready to mingle, all right? And so the point is, is that Jesus had these people, and these people believed in him because he already, he came to proclaim the word of God. And before those, in the, a couple chapters before Luke, before this passage, Jesus says, the year of the Lord is here. The, um, the Spirit of God is on me to proclaim, proclaim liberty to the captives, to set free, to heal the sick, to heal the poor. And today this prophecy is fulfilled. And once then, that's when his ministry started, and he started doing all these things by the Spirit of God. And so you could see that his ministry talks. His ministry talks. You know, when, for me in my ministry, with Purpose with Jesus, it's a branch out of La Mirada. We're not our own. We belong to La Mirada first. But I don't expect 100 people. I mean, I do one day expect 100 people to be following Jesus here at Purpose with Jesus. But if I only have one or two people following Jesus, that's cool enough for me. If four of you guys are entirely sanctified or following Jesus full-heartedly, that's cool enough for me. I mean, I want more, yes, but if God only gives me 10 people to minister, to do the work of God, and I'm faithful in it, or whatever pastor is ahead, the ministry talks for itself. See, I, I tell you, I told you guys like two weeks ago, I said, some of you guys thought I was crazy. Some of you guys thought I was making stuff up. Probably still do. But the thing is that my, the ministry talks. 
ministry talks for itself. Seeing the results of the people, seeing the results of the word of God, like the word of God talks for itself. The word of God goes forward, and some of you guys are changed by it. Amen? But how is it that we're changed by the word of God? How is it that the word of God changes us? So now Jesus gives a parable, and the parable is very self-explanatory. It's not like Jesus like, kept a secret, and then all of a sudden he's like, the disciples are like, hey, Jesus, I didn't understand it. What is it? And he's like, nah, you don't know. <laughs> no, Jesus is like, look, this is what it means. And we just saw for itself what it meant. But let us establish first what the word, the good news, what Jesus is talking about. So this is what the good, this is the good news is broadly understood to embrace. The call to repentance, relief for the poor, healing of the sick, deliverance of the possessed, forgiveness for the sinful. All of this is compressed into the potent phrase word of God in Luke's story. It enlightens those who embrace it, but brings division and conflict to those who do not. How many guys are saved? How many guys have been forgiven by the Lord Jesus Christ? How many guys believe in the forgiveness of God? How many guys think you guys need the forgiveness of God, the healing of God, the spirit of God? We all need it, right? And this is the thing. That this is the good news that Jesus has brought forth to these people where he's traveling from and from. And he's kind of telling them, he's telling them, hey, as the word of God goes forth, there's four types of people. No matter where you preach the word of God, let me tell you guys, I learned this as evangelizing. I learned this as passing out people or talking to people about God. There's four kinds of people. And I know you guys know this type of four people. There's a type of people where, like, you talk about Jesus, like, hey, Jesus loves you. Those are like, oh, like, tell me more. And those are people like, I don't want to hear about it. Or those people that kind of just hear and they're like, no, thanks. Or those people that kind of do believe and after a while they're like, you know what? I don't really believe in that. I was just, I was just emotional that day. This is the type of people that Jesus is talking about. Jesus is talking about four types of people. There's those people that right away that just reject it. They're like, no thanks. Those people who kind of receive it with joy, but they have no root, so they don't last at all. Then the people that receive it with joy, they, they last for a little bit, but after time, because they cannot mature because they're too into pleasures of this world, they don't fully mature. They get choked. And then there's a fourth person that actually produce a seed by persevering who have a good and noble heart and retain it. And this is the thing about this text. I've met believers that have never really matured. You could be 78 years old, literally, and you could still be an infant spiritually. You can, you can last for a little while, but after times of testing, you fall away. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you guys want to be the fourth type of people that receive the word, retain it, and produce a crop? Amen? Now, let me tell you the secret. Let me tell you the secret to all this is going on. Say this word with me. Quality. Quality. You know, there's different types of quality in the soil. Right? There's different types of quality in soil. Um, if you want grass to grow, you put this thing called manure. It smells like cow crap. You guys can kind of tell when you guys go around there, like, what smells around here? It's like, oh, it's manure right here. You know? But it helps the word, the, the grass grow. 
And let me tell you that, I, even though the ministry talks for himself, the ministry is not possible, or the word of God in someone that's been planted, it's not possible to grow if not all the departments, if all the people in your life, if you're part of the English, or we're actually we're all part of one congregation, but like whatever department from the adult ministry to the youth ministry to the children's ministry to the youth ministry, there's people that water your seed. Amen? There's people that water you. So, like, for me, God gets always all the credit. But God uses people like Javi or other people like Balmore or other people to mature the seed to help it grow. Amen? I'm not always there. Pastor Javi's not always there. Pastor Ochoa's not always there. Pastor Arthur's not always there. But there's somebody there that helps you grow in your faith. Amen? Helps you water, helps you... New, um, and so, you know, it's, it's ministry all together that helps us grow in our, in, in our word, in our, in our walk with Christ. But the quality is the soil. See, I learned in uh, one of my seminary classes that, you know what, don't, don't put all the time into one kid or two... You know, just don't put all your time to a, a person that, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure eventually it will happen, but sometimes it's not the time for the person to accept Jesus, or it's not the time for them to mature in the faith. Amen? Like, you know, it's like, for you who are like 15 years and older, it's 15 and a half years and older, it's your time to get your license or your permit. Amen? If you're 18 years and older, then it's your time to get you know, if you didn't have your license before, to get your license on your own, to get other things on your own because you're officially, illegally an adult. Amen? So sometimes it's not time for these things to happen. It's all in the timing of God. If you're in this place, it's because it's all in the timing of God. And so the quality, the soil, we want the Word of God to be good soil. But did you know that you're the soil? Because who's heart are we planting seeds in? You. I'm planting seeds in you. You, 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 you. Everybody in the camera, you. You're the soil. So what does that tell us from the text? It's your responsibility to retain it, and by persevering, you'll produce a crop. As a, as a teen, I tell you guys again, I used to spend time with the Lord every day. I used to have a study Bible. And I'll read verse by verse and go and look at the scripture underneath to see what it meant. Verse by verse. It kind of got boring a little bit sometimes. But it paid off. Because by persevering, you produce a crop. And let me tell you something about quality. It takes time to have quality. See, it, take, it's, it doesn't take time for something that's not doesn't have the same quality. How many guys how many guys love quality shoes, quality clothes, quality stuff? Right? I I, always, I tell Jocelyn, babe, I don't want to buy something cheap because then it's probably going to break easier. It's not going to last as long and then you kind of spend more money at the end because you kind of like you know, you're you're double buying for the same product that you could have had the first time if you bought the quality stuff. Now, there's nothing wrong with cannot affording stuff. But what I'm saying is that quality it's expensive. Quality costs you something. So having quality 
having a quality disciple takes time. Amen? So you want to be a quality disciple. See, Jesus, it says in the Bible, actually, I think in Romans, it says that God, as we mature, we will not lack nothing, will be a useful instrument to God. Because it's in the season where we're being tested that our quality is going up. So you'll be useful for the master. Who's the master? Jesus Christ. So he could use you where he pleases you, where it pleases him, so that you will be effective in your ministry. You know, um, to be a pastor, you know, a pastor obviously told me this. Like, I mean, obviously there's people, you guys already know this. There's people that could go online, put in their information, and, and take out a certificate to be a pastor, an ordained pastor, to have a license to marry people, bury people, preach. But see, that doesn't take quality time. Here in the Nazarene Church, we, we have at least 25 courses, 20 to 25 courses that we have to take in order for us to be ordained, and we still have to put in more time in order for us to be ordained. Because it's in the process that will refine and produce quality. Quality is important. I'm going to repeat that again. Quality is important. Nothing of the Lord is done fast. Because it's not, it doesn't have quality. And what is not quality is not that effective, right? If I buy a cheap hammer that could break easy after I tap it once, what good does it do me? But if I buy a quality hammer, I could chop it up, right? Yeah, yeah, get in there now. But the thing is to have, you're the quality soil, but you got to retain it. You got to tell the devil, because the devil comes, it says in the scripture, it, it comes right away to steal the seed plant that was trying to be planted in you so that you may not believe. And then there's a second one. Now I'm going to read this description, what I got from um, this commentary. The seeds sown on the rock are those who attend the joyful services of church, but upon leaving the church, immediately forget the lesson. You know, that's why I like testing you guys. That's why I'm like, what you learned the other day? What did I teach you last week? And I'm like, oh, I forgot. I don't know. It sounds like rock full quality right there. The seeds that fell among the thorns are those who are overgrown by empty occupations. The various kinds of soil represent the different types of responses to internary ministry of Jesus. Those who hear but do not follow. Those who follow for a while but fall away, choked by the cares of the world. Those who leave all and join the traveling community. There it is. You may believe, you may be joyful, man, like, oh, you, Isaac, you know, or whoever pastor, like, told me God loves me. I just felt that resonate with my heart, everything I'm going through. I just started tearing up. I just felt God loves me. Okay, that's great enough. But you, you receive with joy, but then after a while, it's like, where'd you go? And we, always see, we only see you in Christmas time. I mean, there's people like that, that come to the church only in Easter or Christmas or a special event. You must have a good and noble heart. Now, I'm not saying people that don't Retain it. Don't have a good and noble heart. But who is good alone? Jesus. I want you guys to be patient with yourselves in whatever area you're being challenged. Whether it's an area that you're like, you're struggling in, 
whether it's an area that you're like, I don't know, God, I just don't see it. I want you guys to give yourself grace. Tell yourself, I have grace for the race. And sometimes we want things on now. I remember when I was a teenager, 18, 19 years old, I'm like, God, I want to do this for you. But God's like, wait up, it's not your time yet. It's not your time. Because God is developing the manure, your soil. He's like, he's tearing it up. He's like, I got to stretch you forward. I got to bring new, new bridges in. You get me? So with you guys, it's the same thing. In order to have quality fruit, you have to have quality soil. Let me tell you something about the seed. You guys know what happens to a seed when it goes in the, the soil? You know what happens to it? Does anybody know what happens to it? It dies. The seed dies in order to produce. It cracks. The seed dies in order to produce the vines and all that, the roots. In order for you to produce fruit, you must die to yourself. And let me tell you something about dying. Dying hurts, from what I've heard. Well, sometimes. But dying sucks, right? I feel like you guys are not with me today. Dying hurts because it involves us dying to ourselves and telling God, less of me, more of you. You know, like I said, I keep saying experience matters. Experience matters because, you know, God constantly sometimes puts in new seeds in us to grow. And he constantly sometimes prunes us. And it kind of sucks when he puts... He prunes us, or it sucks kind of when he puts new seeds in us because it hurts dying. But in it, he's expanding your territory as a disciple of Christ. See, I'm not going to, like I said, I've, I hope to be one day uh, an ordained pastor, and I hope to have, hopefully, one day my own church. But I don't have experience in that. But I, I could tell Pastor Arthur, Pastor Javier, what you do in this instance, because they've already persevered in that. They've already had fruit in that. If anything, I am the fruit of Pastor Javier and Pastor Orlando. Did you know that? I'm in the sense, their seed that they scattered, and now I'm added into that, that branch. And now you're actually added to their branch. It's like if they're your, your great-grandpa and your grandpa. You know? It's like you come from their family line. No, I'm being serious. And that is so true. You know, there's, you know, there's one thing that really makes my heart, and I've said this before, it makes my heart calm when I speak to either of them. Because they're family to me. And... And I know 
They care probably more about me than other people. You know why? Because I'm their seed. And they want me to flourish more, to produce more crops. What did Jesus say? Those who persevere yield a hundred of what was sown. So they're actually reaping the benefits that they sowed in me. And sometimes, you know what happens with apple trees, with other types of trees? It takes like 10 years for the thing to sprout and to start giving fruit. Yeah. So for you guys, how many guys have led someone to the Lord? None of you guys led someone to the Lord? You guys have not led one person to the Lord. Come on, come on, give me some numbers, guys. Give me some numbers. If you think you have, just say yes. I pray the sinner's prayer with them, and I'm like, come on, Jesus. In. Good, then you already produced your first fruit. But the thing is, like, what kind did you produce? Did you produce the one that's on the rocks, gets choked, or the one that perseveres? You guys have to have discernment when you speak to people about the gospel. You guys have to have discernment. If you guys become preachers, teachers, what kind of soil is each, is, is each person? Because I could tell from all you guys which one is which. Not because I know everything. It's because I see the fruits that are coming out of your lives. It's evidence. Some person that's entirely sanctified reveals the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, self-control. Get me? That's how you could tell. So Jesus is also, yes, three years and a half ministry to complete his mission, but he did, he's not also wasting time. He's not like, oh, let me, let me be patient with this guy. I know this guy's going to produce fruit in 10 years. But he doesn't have 10 years. He has three and a half years. He's moving along. He has a mission to complete, spreading the word of God. And he completed it because he left, he trained well the 12 disciples for three and a half years. Remember the three, the disciples were immature, spiritually, emotionally, intellectually. Jesus is like, I'm going to die. Who, when? I just said I'm going to die. This is like the third time I tell you. Jesus, who's going to be greater, me or, me or John? That doesn't belong to nine of you. Most, people, most scholars think that they were teenagers. The whole point is that they were also, one of, one of the main ones that I, kind of, I really found interesting in the Bible is, I think, Philip. Because Jesus tell, tells them, okay, go get me two fish and th those five loaves of that little, uh, little boy and bring them to me. And he knows, Jesus already knows what he's going to do, but he's, kind of take, he's playing a psychological kind of question to, to Philip. He's like, what do you think we should do? So I kind of do the same thing with you guys sometimes. I'm like, what do you think we should do? Because I want to see where you're at. And Philip says, well, you know, we could at least give them all a little bite. How many guys, <laughs> you know, every single time my, my sister or my brother gives me something to eat, or like, I'm like, give me some. And they're like, and they put their fingers low-key to like the edge of the thing, like how much they want, because they know I will like, <laughs> like just eat the whole thing. I'm pretty sure people there were hungry. They were falling for Jesus for a couple of days, and they're like, a little bite. Oh, yeah, give me a little bite. And they're like, like, just bite the whole fish head off, you know. Oh, I said a little bite. You know, but Jesus was wiser. He's like, you know, no, that's not going to work. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to multiply the fish. See, he had to train them to have faith. Because in the thing about, in the seeds, in the word of God, is that it's going to produce something in you. It's going to produce faith, and that faith is going to produce results. Oh, 
decir. Let me say it again. That seed is going to produce faith, and that faith is going to produce results. What do you mean by results? You're going to lead someone to Jesus Christ. You're going to show the fruits of the Spirit. You're going to preach the Word of God. You're going to live a Christ-like life. Amen? And so the thing is about Jesus had to do the same thing. He had to train them up for three and a half years. And even then, his mission was still not complete because then he still has to bring the Holy Spirit. He has to ask his Father to send the Holy Spirit. And after the Holy Spirit comes, it was like a download. Say this word with me. Download. Download. You know, I hate those modern warfare downloads. They're like 80 gigabytes, and it's like an hour. Oh, some of you guys are like 20 hours. Get better than it, by the way. And so the whole point is like this download comes, and they're like, oh, now we understand Jesus said that he will tear down the temple and bring it back in three days. He wasn't talking about the temple of the Pharisees. He was talking the temple of himself. You need a download. You need a download to see what God is doing, the Holy Spirit. You know, as I was talking about earlier in worship, and we were singing the reckless love of God, you know, that song, it's, it's pretty old already. I think, I think any song that's a year old, it's kind of old already, to be honest. I'm just like, that's a last year's song. But the thing about worship, it's never a last year's song. If the Holy Spirit has you on this year's song, or a last year, or 20 years, you know, there's, there's songs of the old Spanish congregation that sometimes ring in my head, that David Vallejo still sings. And I'm like, man, that song is old. But the download, it speaks to me. When I'm like, God, you know, actually, yes, this morning, the Holy Spirit woke me up with that song that Dylan always sings, like, you are the answer to all my... You know how you sing it? And I was like, ooh, to all my questioning. Because that's how I felt. I was like, man, I'm questioning a lot of things. And the Holy Spirit was like, Jesus is the answer to all your questioning. See? You need the download of God. But first, you need the seed and that quality oil. So sometimes the download, though, how many of you guys have ever seen those tractors that remove all the soil? Bob the Builder type? You know, how many of you guys have seen Bob the Builder? I know you guys probably still see Bob the Builder with your little brother, little sister. I don't know. The whole point is like getting the tractor. And the Holy Spirit's like that tractor. He's like, I'm going to remove all this nonsense. So all these thorns, all these rocks. So then there won't be nothing to choke it or to interfere when the things go up. And sometimes the Holy Spirit has to dig deep into you. Has to like, sometimes it's like, it looks like it's disappointment after disappointment or frustration after frustration. But the Holy Spirit is digging a deep place so he could plant that seed in you. So when the enemy tries to come, he's like, he starts digging up. He's like, man, this thing's deep. And the devil's like, man, let's forget. It. I'm leaving. This seed's too deep. Get me? You got, the Holy Spirit is wise. So he has to dig you in deep. So the, the enemy, when he tries to root you out, I'm like, man, how much root does this guy have? He keeps coming back. I try to disappoint him. I try to frustrate him. I try to make him sin, but his roots are, and the devil's like, this guy's deep. Bring in the tractor, bring in, bring in the tractor, and the Holy Spirit is like, nope. This guy's deeper than that. He's like, whew. So you guys have to get in deep. You know, if you guys have been feeling that you have cares of the world, or just, it doesn't have to be cares financially. I know you guys, some of you guys are not even there yet. Like, I have my mom and dad, which is great. But like, you know, it could be some, a lot of teenagers tell me, oh, Isaac, pray for my mom and dad. Um, 
because they might have problems, I don't know, but I'm not saying none of you guys, there's just other people. And so what's it called, you know, but you have cares, you have worries. And sometimes it's not the worries or the pleasures of the world, sometimes it's the worries of other stuff that's kind of weighing you down. And, and, you know, you come to church every week after week and you just feel down, you're like, I don't know. Those are types of rocks, types of thorns that are choking you down. Be aware of that. Be aware that the enemy knows how to get you custom made because he knows who you are. You know, Pastor Avi and me were talking like a week or a half ago and like a couple, like when you guys weren't coming, there was a couple bags of dolls that would be in the front of the, of the church. Yeah. And one time I was preaching like during Easter week and me and Angie, Lena and Jocelyn were in the, in the thing and then all of a sudden the, the door opens up and there was nobody there. Javi checked the cameras and I was like, ooh, I still have the video. It was kind of creepy. I was like, I mean, okay, Jesus, is that you? <laughs> I thought you were already in here. And, you know, and then he tells me, Isaac, um, there was a doll head right here in front of my, in front of my front yard. And I looked at it. It looked like it had his old mustache. I don't know. Because <laughs> he used to have a mustache when I was growing up. Was it that mustache or a little goatee? I don't forget. Anyway. And so the whole point is, the devil knows who you are. He knows who Jared Ochoa is, Angelica, Augustine, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Gutierrez is. He knows who you are. And he's trying to snuff out that seed. He's trying to choke it. He's trying to make you have no root. But we need Jesus to do an operation in us and dig deep enough to plant in the seed. Remember, the seed of the word of God is already in you, but the word of God must take root. It must go in deeper and deeper. You know, because there's the people that are like the rocks. They believe, but they have like that faith, but they don't put it to action. That's called dead faith. Don't be like one of those, because those are the people that are actually not even really believers. Because nobody that, I'm telling you, you would not believe in something if you're not going to put it to action. You know, I'm just going to put out like the Black Lives Matter. You know, people are protesting. I saw protesters yesterday again. I was, I was driving down Huntington Beach. And those people believe in it, and therefore they put their, their, their faith, their beliefs into action. Amen? So nobody that tells you, oh, I'm a believer, but they don't act like it, um, I, don't, I don't really think so. I remember there was a, there was a, a teacher called Mr. O'Neill in my, 11th, my senior year. He really loved me. Um, he was like, back in the day before I was married, he, he would tell me, Isaac, um, you're a good guy. Um, I'll, I'll let you date my daughter. I never dated her. I never saw her. I wasn't interested. I was just like, okay. He said he was once a pastor. And um, he was like, and I remember there was another guy. He was like a bigger dude. And um, he, we both said that we were believers. And he said to the guys, like, he's like, he told the guy one time straight out, like, I'll, like just bluntly. I think it was in the quarter or, like, just in classroom. He was like, he's like, man, I don't even believe you're a believer. It's not evident in your life like it's in Isaac's. I was like, okay. <laughs> I, uh, praise God. But he, he was like a blunt guy. And so, you know, there's just people that you got to be aware of that if they really believe what they believe in, then they'll put it to action. So I'm hoping you guys, with this preaching, with this teaching, and I know you guys already put your faith into action, but what happens, what happens when the cares, when this stuff, when this stuff starts cramming you in? Because the devil was, you know, the thing about the devil, he's actually far smarter than all of us. I'm going to be honest with you. 
He doesn't have power than us, more than us. We have the power. He's just probably smarter than us. I'll be honest. I mean, he's lived like only like a billion years already, you know. Um, but what I'm saying is that you guys understand that you have that quality soil, and sometimes you just gotta. Re- sometimes it's the rocks that we put in ourselves, the cares that we put in ourselves, and it's choking our own lives, choking our own root. And we must surrender it to Jesus. We must let Jesus make a tractor stop and remove all that stuff from our, our soil. Amen? It's a person that has a good and noble heart who retains it, and by the key word, persevering in it, produces a crop. And by producing, persevering in it, you will produce quality fruit. Now, I never went to an apple tree and I know you guys do the same thing too. And you guys look at an apple and you guys see one that's rotten away. It has worms in it. And you guys are like, oh, not that one. I want the pretty one. So remember that you're a tree too. No non-believers could go up to you and be like, and you're, you're, you're acting like the world or whatever. And, and it's like, and they see the fruit in your life. And they look at him like, I, I don't know. I don't want to pick off your, your tree. I don't want to believe in what you believe because this is what you're demonstrating to me. See, that's not quality. You want a, a Christian that will love his enemy. I remember um, I told you guys this, like, when I was working at FedEx, there was a new guy that got hired. And I will joke around a lot, so I guess he started disliking me. Some people just dislike me. Some people are just going to dislike you just because of the way you look, to be honest. They're going to look at you and they're like, ugh. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm God's masterpiece. I'm good looking. You know? That's true. you got to have that confidence. Anyway, so this guy just didn't like me. I don't know. And one day I was with him or whatever. And he goes like, I don't like you. He just tells me like that. He's like, I don't like you. And I was like, good. That makes me love you even more. And he, looked at, he went like this. He's like, what? Jesus said, love your enemy. It's hard to love your enemy. This guy must treat me all the time. I, like, I don't know. I want to punch him. It's hard to love your enemy. You know, but thank God God gave me a cool personality. So I just, I just laugh people off. That's a good trait to have. Don't be offended by everything. Just be like, hey, hey, you're hurting my feelings, but hey, hey. Um, oh, my gosh. Sometimes it really doesn't offend me. I just laugh it off because it makes them more mad. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but it's because you got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. you got to fill up with that good fruit. See? The devil's trying to snuff you out. See? At my work, he tried to be a pastor, and I'm like, bro, what? I don't care if you don't like me. I love you. I, you know what the other thing? I pray for the guy that thought I was gay and the other guy that didn't like me. Yeah, there's people that think I was gay. I'm not going to mention names. <laughs> but, um, but I know who I am, so I don't, that doesn't bug me. But the point is, is that I, um, it, I, I prayed for them. And one of them hit me up last week. He's like, hey, do you still deliver here? He never responded, but, you know, it's just that testimony that you give. And it's because you have that good quality seed, a quality believer. Now, I want to ask you, do you want to be a quality believer, or do you want to be a whatever believer? Because I want to say whatever believer is not even a believer. I'm going to be honest with you. Well, it's a carnal believer, but you don't want to be a carnal one either. You want to be a quality, spirit-filled believer. Because only then will you be effective. Remember, we were talking about being lukewarm or hot or cold. And if you're lukewarm, you're ineffective. And Jesus is about to spit you out of your mouth. 
I want you to analyze your hearts today by the Spirit of God, that the Holy Spirit revealed to each one of you where you are at in your walk with Christ. Am I lukewarm, God? Am I effective? Am I retaining it? Am I persevering it? You know, one of the things I'm going to give you guys is this last example, perfect example, our father Abraham. Abraham was around 75 years old when God told him, you'll be a father to many nations. It passed like 25 years before he had Isaac, his son. But the thing, the word of God came to him and said, you will be a father. He did not always persevere in it. How, why should I say that? It's because he decided to have another son called Ishmael. It goes to show that, you know, all the patriarchs, all of them failed some way or some other way. But Jesus, but there's always that perfect man. Jesus, say it with me. Jesus, Jesus, I love that name, Jesus, God told him, you're my beloved son, and you, I am well pleased. He was led by the Holy Spirit to the temptation, 40 days, 40 nights, tempted. The devil told him, I'll give you all this if you bow down to me. She was like, nope, serve God only. Turn the stones into bread, thou shalt not test the Lord God. I don't think that was on it. And he goes like, okay, throw yourself off the cliff. He tested him in three areas, the pride of life, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh. But Jesus denied him because Jesus is the perfect man that never fails. And so Abraham, even though he failed, in a way he did retain it because God, he believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And now we're part of his lineage, all of us. And Jesus Christ, he retained the word of God See, he lived because, you know why? And this goes back to the first point of my sermon. You know, like talking about the followers. You know why Jesus didn't really care about followers? You guys want to know the secret? He didn't need the approval of man when he already had the approval of his father. So he lived by those words. Even when people were like, man, you're not really the Messiah. You're nothing. You're a chump. Jesus was like, no, I'm the beloved son. I'm the beloved son. I'm just trying to please one person, one person only, my maker. Well, it was his maker, it was his father. I'm trying to please my father. So the thing is, retain the word of God, retain the promises that God has given you. The reason I've also come this far, any pastor, any pastor will tell you, any teacher, any disciple actually, it's not, it doesn't have to be a, a pastor, it has to be a disciple. A disciple, a disciple means a learner. A disciple who retains it and produces a crop will tell you, this will tell you this from the get-go you're going to have to retain it and you're going to have to persevere in it any person any person that I've seen, I've seen people in the church since I was born until now and I'm like man you still in the faith man you lost a leg you lost a son you lost everything you're like but I praise Jesus retain it and you're persevering these are sometimes that life's challenges, sometimes not even the devil, it's just life's challenges, unexpected things that try to choke you, try to make you fruitless. But let me tell you, those who have a good, noble heart will retain, by retaining it and by persevering it, produce a crop. And when you produce a crop, see, if I lost a son one day in the future, hopefully never, I'm going to go to someone who has lost a son. I'm not going to go to somebody that didn't lose a son. Because the person already has experience. I'm like, oh, tell me, how did you go through the season? You know, the whole point 
is that you must understand attaining, persevering. All right, that's the word for today. But we're gonna just gonna, um, we're gonna stand up, and I'm gonna invite you. If you know what's what's retaining you actually from producing a crop, then tell Jesus, Lord, remove this from me. I don't want to be on. I don't want to be choked by these thorns. I don't want to be a sea that falls around the rocks. I want to be one of those that have a good and noble heart. And don't be like also one of those that just leaves church and be like, I forgot what Isaac told me. You know? Tell Jesus, help me retain the word. You know, there's, there's not a coincidence why God made me retain this first word when I was seven years old. Because you know why? It's still producing a crop. See? Ministry talk. It speaks forth for itself. The word speaks forth for itself. God told me, retain it and you'll produce a crop. Uh, 18 years later, 17, 18 years later, I'm still producing a crop. And you can too, by the Holy Spirit. I love Jesus, don't you? How many love Jesus? Oh, yeah, I, I like Valerie. I like Valerie, which is like, yeah, it's me. I love Jesus. See, that's how you know someone really loves Jesus. I'm like, I love Jesus. Well, I love him too, Valerie, so we're on the same team. I don't know about that. Okay. But, all right, let's pray. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your grace upon us. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that this word may fall on good soil on quality soil, God, and they will retain it, and by retaining it, they will persevere in it and produce a crop. Lord, you know the seasons. You know the seasons that are ahead of them, Lord. I pray, God, you, you help them persevere in those seasons. I, help, I hope help them right now in this season that they're in as well. Help them persevere in this season. Whatever is going on in their lives, God, I pray that they surrender it. Holy Spirit, that the download will come and give them the way out and how to keep going in their faith, in the race that you have marked out for them. Give them the grace, God. Give them the anointing to keep going, the strength, the love, God. I thank you for the service, God. Receive the glory and the honor. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. All right, guys. Till next week. Next week, remember fireworks then. We'll see you guys all there. You guys are just me.